0: aj what's up brother man how's it going out there in idaho
1: oh it's good i saw this uh this was floating outside um the sun valley lodge today so i thought i'd take a picture of it i thought it was pretty coincidental so i just thought i'd get a pano
0: man that's awesome i can't believe it words in the Mm -hmm. sky that's awesome yeah
1: i thought there was going to be a theme song that had uh, a certain dude a nick saka singing skill skill skills I think that over.
0: I think I think we might be saving that for a little bit later on in the show. I might,
1: I might have to play it. Do you have it available? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I'll play it.
0: So I I just want to let everybody know we have a special show tonight. It's going to be me and AJ. Ben's going to be joining us a little bit later. And we have Chad Oda who's going to be joining us. And we're going to be talking about skills. We're going to be talking about different skills that we use. We're going to be talking about problems and issues with the skill store. And we're going to be looking at the whole thing. Bringing you nothing but skills from beginning to end and H-A- innovative insights and in- and innovative insights. Aj, <laughs> right. can you go ahead and uh, play that clip real quick?
1: I think I can. I think I can. Let's see if it plays it right.
0: Oh, no. I think it's clipped. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right.
1: a lot of auto tune.
0: Nice. nice. We need the auto tune. All right. So, and, and uh, so we don't lose our five people that we have tuned in. Let's go ahead and uh, pass it over to you. AJ, do you got any news?
1: Uh, yeah. Chad Otis here.
0: Okay. And that's, that's that's
1: my news. Yeah. That's my news. I'm excited about it. I'm excited about it. Cool. Yes. This is a good thing. This is a good thing. So I want to tell you that I met Chad through Steve Austin from Vox protocol Okay. And I got a chance to spend some time with him. And very much like my conversation with Steve Austin, Chad and I spoke for maybe an hour and 20 minutes. And at the end of it, we were both thinking each other because it was just so refreshing to talk to somebody that has a very broad scope of the things that they think about, who's an excellent communicator, who is socially responsible, and who is dang sharp and smart and so then i was like i got to introduce him to these other guys that i know you and and ben and then you guys met and then we talked and you know what he was like i'll come on the show so i'm super excited about
0: that yes yeah it was definitely cool and and this is one of the things that we wanted to do as far as like our uh format we wanted to go ahead and actually start um at the beginning of each month actually having sort of like a skills preview episode where we yeah We just talk about skills. I mean, that's basically the main reason why we're here. So why not kind of, you know, accentuate that, that topic. Yeah. So So, that means
1: that if you've worked on a skill or you know, somebody who's worked on a skill, you got time to send them out the link, have them send a question, or if they want to chat with us, message us, we'll send them a a link to join in. We'll see if we can make that work too. Yeah. Could happen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, um, what did i have today as far as voice first or what did i have this week um so this week um i got a job it's a contracting gig in the voice first world but i am not saying anything about it because i'm not going to jinx it so zip zip simple as that Mm -hmm. um but i'm pretty excited about it and i get to do what i love which is uh try out skills so i'm super pumped about that Mm uh in addition to that uh we are sponsored or we are being sponsored again by Witlingo. Lingo. I'm
1: Witlingo.
0: Small, medium and large business needs, Voice First needs. Witlingo. Witlingo. Wh-
1: who is sponsoring and who has brainchilded Lingo Fest?
0: Yes, and we're going to get Fest. into that a little bit more. Um, yes. But first, let me go ahead and bring in Chad and that way we'll have uh, three's company chad how's it going
2: hey doing fantastic how's it going chad. AJ, Nick. pleasure to be here you so look sharp chad. as always thank you sir very thank nice you, sir. very nice i'm rocking my ch- uh, mf mf doom hat for all the hip-hop heads in the audience nice uh, nice very famous underground rapper that you know recently unfortunately has passed away but uh you know gotta, oh, gotta awesome. show props hell
1: yeah oh, dang. Was it, so, uh, yeah, yeah. Was it, was it, uh, was it a serious thing or was it something like, was it like the biggie? Was it, was it rivalry? Was it just the mixing the fantasy and the reality together? Like yeah. Style? So
2: actually like the, the fans don't know, um, they didn't really disclose exactly how he had passed, but, um, mm. yeah, I, I mean, it's, it's just crazy. Just like how big of an impact he had sort of created on the sort of hip hop scene. Um, but, um, in, in any case, you know it's a, on a more positive note. It's it's a pleasure to be here, and oh uh, yeah, you know, oh, yeah. Really, you know uh, looking forward to having a, a really, you know, thought-provoking conversation with you both.
0: Yes. Awesome. So, oh. Chad, if you can uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself, I know you have your own uh, podcast or your own uh, thing you're working with as far as conversational AI goes. Can you explain that a little bit?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I also have some news to share as well. So so I'll hold that uh, right right. after as well. Um, Some interesting news for your your listeners. Um, So yeah, uh, my name is Chad Oda. I run a uh, conversational AI consulting company called Chat Mode. And essentially, we build bots for employees. So if there's mid-market organizations, enterprise organizations that are looking to leverage the same technology, that a lot of us consumers have been really getting a chance to sink our teeth into, we build those same experiences internally for organizations. Now, specifically for, you know, business types of workflows, you know, everything from HR to operations, sales, finance, um, we build those chatbots specifically on Microsoft Teams. um, And we think it's going to be a really big growing space. Um, Microsoft has just been super diligent in sort of, re-releasing Cortana. You know, I think everyone's been sort of wondering what happened to Cortana. And um, I think there's gonna be some really exciting announcements on the horizon with them. Um, The news, um, so I actually had the pleasure, I don't know if either of you gentlemen know Lawrence Lin, um, really great guy. He -hmm. essentially uh, works for this consortium in China that specifically works with all of the top conversational AI companies. So from Alibaba to Tencent, Baidu, Um, ByteDance, and, you know, I had the pleasure of being on Clubhouse with him last night. And some of the sort of insights he had shared, um, you know, uh, specifically um, on sort of the voice-driven social networks uh, like Clubhouse, China is seeing the rise of that, Tencent, Xiaomi, ByteDance, and uh, Kosho, if I'm pronouncing that correctly, are all going to be releasing their own sort of services. And then Mm -hmm. similarly... with the conversational AI and smart speakers in China. um, From what Lawrence was sort of explaining, it sounds like there is an even higher adoption of sort of custom synthetic voices, um, much more so in China than I would say in the US. Um, And he said much of that was predicated by, you know, gaming is very big, you know, of course everywhere in the world, but in China, you know, people really wanted to have some you know, some custom voices based upon some of the characters. So it's interesting to sort of see that um, sort of penetrate, you know, more across the industry in China in comparison to Western uh, sort of um, countries. And then the Mm -hmm. other thing he had mentioned as well um, is the fact that, you know, they're seeing a lot of auto-generated content through voice. So there are like, you know, audiobooks with synthetic voices and audio generated news um, that I thought was really interesting that we haven't seen quite as much in the States.
0: I think we're going to, I think we're going to get there. Um, But again, you know, like you said, the Chinese, they take their video games pretty seriously. They're sort of like the South Koreans whenever it comes to that. And they're, they roll pretty hardcore. So if, uh, if they're over there doing something as far as wanting customized voices for their smart assistants, I think that's that's probably on par with what they're doing
1: and, that, and that's one of the great things about the fact that we're not borg assimilated is that the the wants and needs of other cultures drive the awareness i mean i would think that anybody who travels around the world is going to come back with a thousand tips on how to live life better even in your own home country because you see all the way that all people figure out how to live life better that just get ignored in your own home country and i there are a lot of, of individuals in China, and anything that is satisfying to them that gives them a feeling of uniqueness and inspiration, I, I would pay attention to that in a heartbeat for sure.
2: That would oh, that's be a, really
1: exciting to see.
2: That would be a really Here. good Alexa, Alexa skill, you know I think to what you were saying like you know just advice from around the world, you know? yeah <laughs> yeah right I think that would be pretty really cool actually. Yeah, yeah like, see, that
1: would be a good but, thing to be curated because you want kind of want to know what would work for some people that you you got to identify a little because it can't just be straight up like saving money. It's got to be cool tips, yeah, <laughs> things you like, would use.
0: Yeah, like things you'd use, things you couldn't do, things you could do, think, things that would seem taboo and in, uh, in certain areas. I think that's uh, that's a hell of a good idea. Yes, um, Chad, real that's quick, that's important.
2: Do you like Star Trek by any chance? uh so it yeah i mean uh i love the new movies it's so sad because i haven't watched the old series yet i just haven't had to do it, you know but it's yeah, on my time. to do list it's on my to do list for sure I, I,
0: what are your feelings on the borg
2: i don't think i ha- I, I don't think i probably yeah. have a very educated response to that um <laughs> you know it all honesty <laughs> what's
1: they, your favorite gonna- sci-fi movie
0: yeah what's your favorite sci-fi movie
1: what makes you the biggest geek ever?
2: Like, uh, what can you geek out on? I can be, um, I'm trying to remember. Uh, do you, you recall there's this movie where, um, so, like, this guy, he, t- he, like, trades places. So, like, in the future, there's just, like, cast system, right? So, yeah. essentially, based upon your genetics. I can't remember. It has something to do with, like, genetics. And he tries to take the place Gattaca. of someone else. Gattaca. Yeah, you're talking about yeah, Gattaca. Gattaca. I love yeah, Jude Law. Yeah, that movie is yeah yep. incredible.
1: That's that good. is an incredible movie. I, like I have that. that on my computer. I I will watch that from time to time. It doesn't. It's it's just as good now as it was then.
0: There yeah. are two. There are two shitty sci-fi movies that are really really good. They came out in the mid '90s. They're must-watches. They're terrible, but they're great. One is the Thirteenth Floor, and the other one is Dark City. Those two movies, are like, they'll blow your mind be like
2: i'm oh. gonna i will check those out because i think that's that's like the sorely lacking issue is that there's not a lot of good sci-fi that is coming out these days like oh, yeah like stuff sh- that gets you thinking yeah
1: well i yeah. uh, i annihilation is worth watching i've watched it 10 or 15 times it's really good but the music is a lot of crosby stills and nash in there and they play games with, yeah, you don't know about time passing. And then she's reporting what happened after the fact. And then just the creature at the end is so abstract that, that a person, I mean, even to try to describe what you experienced would be almost impossible. Because it would be the closest thing to describing a ghost or something like that. That even if you told them what you saw, it wouldn't even come out right. And people would certainly not be able to believe what you said. Like, now can you draw it? No way I couldn't draw So Annihilation was cool. Yeah.
0: So moving on, Chad, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you know anything about LingoFest?
2: I do not know anything about LingoFest, but um, if it is about wit.ai's conference, I think their CEO is uh, fantastic. Um, Ahmed has been putting out some really great pieces, Um, very insightful, very pragmatic pieces on the state of voice. Absolutely.
0: So the March 20, so the March 21 or 2021 edition is moving from loud hype to quiet volume, uh, value. And essentially yes. this is a contest where they're reaching out to college educated students to have them, uh, write, uh, 500 to a thousand word essays, on what they feel the future is going to be like, what the impact is going to be of, of technology. And it's more geared to the uh, hum, uh, humanities slash uh, linguistics uh, group. And um, so, yeah, you can, if you're a, uh, a college student, you can go ahead and actually join this essay contest and for a chance to win a, a hundred bucks. But what it is, is, and I, I went all the way to the end here, because I wanted to see who was all coming on. But what it is, is is every day at 12 o'clock, their YouTube channel is hijacked by um, one of these speakers. And the speaker has the opportunity to go ahead and present for as long as an hour or as short as, as they like and provide some, their perspective on the world of voice and, and uh, AI technology and so for, so on and so from forth. From
1: a linguistics perspective, from a yep. PhD linguistics perspective.
0: And so at the end of that, um, at, the, at the end of that, uh, it just continually plays on their YouTube channel, which is kind of cool. So even if it's like seven o'clock at night, you can go back and watch it and you can see all the comments coming in. It's sort of like the, the replay of the live feed, which is really cool. And um, you can register for it and it, it's uh, it's a pretty cool contest we're actually going to be interviewing the top three finalists on this show towards the end of march beginning of april and we're super excited about that because yeah. i'd like to like to get some of the uh the younglings opinions on where we're where we're headed as far yeah. as yeah
1: chad the, do you ever see the sigraphs technical papers videos SIGGraph. So SIGGraph's where all the people that write algorithms and they're like, oh, our method can fold a a box into the shape of, we can can take a 3D model and turn it into some instructions that you can have a computer sew a sweater shape like that 3D model. And these are like Computer science, people who do not uh, know how to speak necessarily, but they are brilliant. And so they made these videos. SIGGRAPH is the conference, so they'd go release their papers. And then you regularly see Adobe and Blender picking up that technology within a couple months. But so I think that's the equivalent. He wants to make it so it's a non-hyped experience so that individuals do not feel like they have to, like, conjure up some sort of charm, per se, but they could just be themselves and then be able to share their ideas. And then hopefully it will be a kind of a place where all voice or linguistic related researchers or young people will be able to go to showcase their work, practice for maybe job interviews, practice their public speaking, and get an opportunity to be cast in the best possible light. But given the fact that, you know, understanding where they're coming from, and we call it uh, first spark, Because the idea that if you have like one glowing ember, you have to, if you want to keep it going, you have to keep it safe and protect it and stuff like that. So that's kind of what that is, at least from a different perspective.
2: No, I I love the idea. I think, um, I think it's the right approach. You know, I mean, I think that's the way that we can foster innovation. It doesn't happen in a vacuum, right? So the more people we can bring to the conversation, um, we're just going to be able to innovate faster
1: yeah not only that but i can imagine if i had uh, somebody that was new or was really brilliant and i they were like oh it's fun talking to you but who else do you know that i could talk to you'd be one of the first people that would come to mind besides a group of people on my team because i've talked to you and i know like i had said right before when i was introducing you you are a very uh, like kind polite respectful person who listens very well and then adds to the conversation so it I just feel like that that's a good quality you have. Um, I always appreciate it and getting back to where we we were asking him at the beginning, where, how you got into podcasting, how you got into programming. You want to go back, you want to tell us a little bit about your story, what inspired you as a kid growing up and then how you got to be chatted on YouTube and the consulting company.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, it's quite a, quite a bit to unpack, but I'll, I'll try to be as concise as possible. Um,
1: sure, you can skip uh, over stuff.
2: Yeah, you know, I'm just thinking, I'll, you know, I think I'll probably start like how I got into conversational AI. I think for yeah. most people, it's like all different odds and ends as to how people get into conversational AI. You know, of course yeah. there's like sort of uh, a path that's very academic, you know, like people that have studied computational linguistics or, or some right. sort of speech recognition academically um, but I think for most people like myself, you know, um, my background actually is in marketing, right? So it's hmm. not, it wasn't even technical. Um, I did have like an, uh, a, a minor that was for technical innovation management. So, um, uh, but even before college, I've always been interested, um, in the entrepreneurial route. Um, and, you know, I, I was running a software development agency, you know, back in 2015, 2016, actually when I had my full-time job and, um. I've told this story before. um, It's sort of humorous. So, or the uh, opening salvos for us into the conversational AI space. um, We had run into like the director of uh, innovation for this healthcare insurance company. Um, And and I'm not going to name the name because the story is actually sort of funny. Um, So at the time, our company was trying to figure out how do we break into the mid-market enterprise enterprise space and enterprise space, because, you know, we love small businesses, but there's just a, a certain pathway, you know, as hey, a consultant, you need somebody to make cut the feed. <laughs> do you either work with like a hundred small businesses or do you, Oh, did, did I lose audio?
0: I can hear you fine. Okay. Keep going.
2: AJ. Okay. I, I thought he said somebody cut the feed. So I wasn't sure if my audio cut out, but, um, <clears throat> So you know, it was funny. We had ran into this um, director of innovation, and um, my my co-founder had like read something about chatbots like the uh-huh. week prior to that. And you know, we somehow convinced this guy to get on a phone call with us and um, sort of hear us out, right? So we were sort of telling him some new sort of technologies the healthcare insurance company could could leverage, and yeah. um, he had agreed to getting on a call with us. So on the call, he's telling us this use case and this was back in 2016 about how they had multiple call centers and they were looking to scale, right? So they were just bringing more people in network as a company and they're saying, you know, hey, we're looking for like more cost-effective ways as an organization to scale and we don't necessarily want to have to stand up more physical locations. So, you know, sort of the, the daredevil and the, you know, put the phone on mute and I was looking at my co-founder, we were sitting in our office, and I was like, hey, we should pitch this guy on chatbots, right? Just having read about them the week prior. So we pitched yeah. the guy on chatbots. And then at the end of the call, to our surprise, this guy goes, yeah, you know, that that sounds good. I want you guys to come in next week and pitch to our senior level stakeholders. And that was sort of like the, oh, shit moment. We better figure this stuff out. So, you know, we ended, <laughs> up, we ended up finding, you know, uh, another sort of consultancy that had specialized in this. So we sort of, you know, leveraged them help them build out their proof of concept and we ended up extending that solution and then for us we just sort of fell into the space and um one of the main things that we had recognized at the time was when we would go on meetups.com back in like 2016 and we searched chatbots there was nothing there so we were like you know you know what what the hell we'll start our own meetup group and that sort of spiraled down into this area of just like bringing all these really interesting people together and just being fortunate to, you know, have like the uh, VP of AI at Microsoft, Lily Chang, you know, come and speak about conversational AI. We had the VP, Suas um from Oracle, who runs their Oracle digital assistant, come and speak. We had people from Alexa. And, and that really sort of supercharged our focus into the space of conversational AI. And then within the last year, you know, we've been noticing, you know, there's, some consolidation happening in the conversational ai space um yep. you know 2016 2017 2018 2019 you know everyone was trying to go after every use case you know there was like hundreds of platforms and then for us we said okay well let's identify a niche that we think is going to have a lot of explosive growth right and what we had identified is that just like messaging for consumers is a conduit for cloud applications today, right? So messaging mm-hmm. is more than just, you know, I can message my friends or family, you know, these large uh, incumbent technology companies like Facebook or um, uh, trying to think of what other messaging companies are out there, Snapchat, for example. Um, they realized WhatsApp, we can actually leverage these platforms because they have such high adoption and engagement to actually drive additional value added experiences. So they've become essentially like this plumbing to access e-commerce and games, yep. music and gifts, right? And we we said to ourselves, the same thing is gonna happen in business, right? We just have to find the right messaging platforms, right? So Slack had sort of been that platform for a while, but you know, it, it didn't have like the integrations we were necessarily looking for um, for mid-market and enterprise companies. And we sort of you know ended up deciding on Microsoft Teams. And, um, you know, our company had transitioned from sort of doing consulting services across the board um, with mid-market enterprise companies to just doing it for companies that are looking to really impact their employee experience. Mm. So over the past year, we pivoted and that's all we do and focus on now. Um, and it's incredible opportunities right now. If we think about Microsoft Teams and Microsoft as, as just a company, all of their product roadmaps are now converged onto Microsoft Teams.
0: So yeah, realize
2: it. You know, and Salesforce, I think also smartly recognized the trend as well, that if you want to own that sort of uh, switchboard in an organization, you have to own the messaging platform. So they went and they they acquired Slack. Right. So, you know, that's where we are today. You know, we're very excited and really bullish on where the technology is headed. And uh, that's how I got here.
0: Yeah, I think you bring up a good point about the um, about the Microsoft Teams, like once the pandemic started. It was like, I went into work one day and they're like, this is mandatory. You need to fill out a team's uh, application and blah, 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 blah. Use your government email. And I'm like, Oh God. So, you know, I had to do that. And uh, and it's actually helped us. And and this is another thing that I bring up, you know, everything, you got to look for the silver lining in the gray cloud pandemic sucks. Can't argue with that. But I think it probably took government work probably light years into the future because they would have never, ever even entertained the, the, the idea of having like an all hands remotely because all hands is like all hands. You're there. I see you. But now it's like, Oh yeah, we'll do the all hands on teams that way. Everybody can join. And you're like, it's just crazy. But yeah, you're hundred percent right. Teams is uh, probably the the best bet.
1: Chad, did you get a uh, did you get a chance? I lost you there for a second. Your screen went black. I couldn't hear you. Did you get a chance to uh, talk a little bit about what I what I got excited about when I first spoke with you was the idea of that internal sort of access to information for a business. Like say, let's say for example, and just correct me if I'm understanding it wrong. But in the same way that a person who's flying Delta is going to have a set of tools that helps them get information about their own flight and things like that, the person that's providing customer service or solving problems for that customer, that process could be, and I'm saying could be as easily fluid and accessible to the employees of that company, which then thereby increases the quickness, the turnaround time, the happiness, the ownership. Did you get a chance to touch on that? Because I, I think that was something that you had shared with me if I understand right, but I really like that internal way of looking at it, because then it gets companies to look at not just what they're going to get from their customers, but what they're going to have. Because like an internal investment, I kind of like that point of view a lot quite a quite a bit.
2: Yeah, um, so so I'll, I'll sort of go off of that um, a little bit more in detail, I, I touched on it, you know, at a really high level, but I think at the crux of the matter here is, when we think about digital transformation, right, provided the pandemic, the the trend of digital transformation hasn't really changed really from a foundational level. It's just accelerated vastly, you know, but when we actually say digital transformation, what does that actually mean? You know, and and in our opinion, what it is, is it's how employee experience and customer experience um, sort of drive additional value um, for their customer base. Yeah. Um, Yeah. For, the, for, for such a long time, you know, companies have spent, you know, billions of dollars in aggregate, making their customer experience as good as possible, right? We spend right. a lot of money on customer experience, right? I think one of the best examples is, um, you know, Uber, right? I, I think the first mm-hmm. time you used Uber, it's just so intuitive. It's like magic. The customer experience is really good. Um, yeah. yep. But then when we look inside of companies, We're using like these like old ERP systems and CRM solutions and marketing automation platforms. And you really have to try to sort of figure out where everything goes and how to pull reports and it's not very intuitive, right? So, you know, our motivation here is if you really want that full value of digital transformation, you need to have both halves, right? Otherwise your employees are spending so much time doing these things to try and get to, you know, making customer experience better um, because employee experience is so bad, you know, it's not really getting that um, virtuous cycle, right? So you need to add that component in there. And, you know, what we see is, hey, if we can use conversational AI to abstract some of that complexity, you traditionally would have accessing a CRM system, right? So for example, we built a bot for sales reps. Um, for companies that use Microsoft Dynamics. So their sort of primary CRM solution. And, you know, if you think about how many steps it takes for a sales director to have to log into that SSO, right, to Mm -hmm. navigate Dynamics, to go to the report section, to figure out what report they're going to get, right? And then finally you pull that report. You probably spent, you know, several minutes doing that. And we built a bot where we just, you can type to the bot, hey, send me the sales pipeline for this month instantly it's done, right? So so I, I think the, the value That's is definitely great. there. Um it just in the same yeah. way that you know um you know customers use bots today or use Alexa today to like skip those steps. You know, I could use my iPhone to scroll down and click on the music I want, but it's just easier using <laughs> conversational assets.
0: Yes it's, it is and, and you I know it. I think I think you bring up a good point there because um I used to run track right and I noticed that the guy who set our school record in the 400 yard dash was on my paper route as a kid. Now This is a story. I like telling stories. So I call a guy up on a whim and I'm just like, do you got any advice? You know, the, got these big race coming up. And he's like, well, I can't tell you how to train because you're probably already past that. But he's like, you need to hug the white line as much as you can on the inside of your lane you'll you'll save about 12 feet if you do that and that is what i equate uh, voice chat bots to it's about shaving those seconds off if you can do that those seconds are going to add up and over time throughout your life you're talking days weeks i don't want to say years that's quite a lot but you you get my point you're going to save a huge amount of time uh, over the course of one's life. So that's why I like the voice technology. It's all about shaving
2: the seconds. Yeah, that's a fantastic analogy. Um, Yeah, so I I had done some track, I remember in high school as well. And um, it's so funny, because that never dawned on me until you were just explaining it like that now that you literally save feet. Um, And yeah, I mean, I think that's a really astute observation in comparison to conversational ai right i mean it's like can we do it the old-fashioned way yeah we can do it that way but once you know that a a method exists you know logically you know it's just like do i really want to run those 12 extra feet or can i skip that right then
1: there's there's also the concept of best practices so i was once a fedex courier And FedEx had their rules and regulations, but they also had a special curated list of what they called best practices. And these things were things tried and true, tested on tens of thousands of people, hundreds of thousands of times. And they were like uh, almost like mystical pieces of advice. The particular one is you are going to lose your keys. The only thing you can do about losing your keys (laughs) is Put your keys in the same pocket every time you turn the engine off. You turn the engine off one direct move to whichever pocket you want. Then they made this amazing promise, which was even when you lose your keys, nine times out of 10, they will be in your pocket. And they were right. There were times where you will lose your keys. This taught me after, this is why I always look for best practices. Sometimes I ask people, what are the best practices? They're not sure what I mean, but it's those those nuggets of information that they just seem like they would go really well in voice because you could be like, okay, give me this information about that. What's the best practice? You know what I'm saying? Then voice, it comes in rather than having to put a little asterisk or something like that. But yeah, that Nick's, I, Nick, nick's got a ton of stories like that and where do those fit in they fit in somewhere but they uh yeah i think voice is a great opportunity for shaving seconds off and getting advice categorizing advice
0: that is like that so chad i brought the so today is like a skill show and tell i know we talked a little bit about what you're doing in the conversational ai area but tonight is about skill skill skills and uh you brought uh, radio private detective. What exactly is this? And can you explain it?
2: Yeah. So to be honest, I haven't had a chance to play with it yet, but, um, I was just trying to go through skills because, you know, you had suggested we pick out a couple of skills to take a look at before the, uh, show. And I was trying to find ones that are a little bit more unique. And, you know, I, I had always sort of liked, uh, what was that one video game, LA Noir? and it's just oh, yeah. that sort of like old fashioned detective story from the 1940s and i saw this skill here and i was like cool okay like they sort of have this like detective private detective game and i was mm-hmm. curious how the experience might be yeah, yeah so you know
1: enable it and play do we want to yeah, do that yeah let's do it let's, let's try see let's see what happens okay alexa enable radio private detective
3: okay here's radio private detective Welcome to the Radio Private Detective Podcast. Please say, play the audio to start the podcast.
1: Play the audio.
2: (laughs) There's some sound design for you, right? That's right. It sounds old. Read. Hate. Jealousy.
3: Revenge. Revenge. These are the poisonous
1: seeds, of, the poisonous seeds murder. of murder.
3: Yes, murder. From the full bag pages of Agatha Christie's unforgettable stories of corpses, clues, and crime, we bring you, complete with bowler hat and brave mustache, your favorite detective, Hercule Poirot.
1: <laughs> That's great
3: are you buying only what you need these days the way you manage your wartime income vitally affects the welfare of the whole nation now make a plan of spending and saving put aside in savings insurance and above all war bonds as much of the family income as possible today in wartime I'm wondering this is a
1: recording yeah I I
2: feel like it's it's actually
0: it's not a game it's actually a, a recording if you look down here it says that this is Agatha Christie. It's in the public domain. Um, if you want to hear Agatha Christie's voice, you just say enable historical voices and ask for Agatha Christie and you can actually hear her. Oh, own that's voice. a cross promotion. That is a cross promotion. That that's a cross promotion
1: to a, a uh, historical voices skill that has recordings in there. Nick Saka knows yeah. cause to, to made, I made
0: it.
2: So to, to I was, I'm a little disappointed by that skill. Like I was like full on expecting that it would be one of those like detective games with oh. like a choose your own adventure. You know, well, we got that. I know what
1: I was it, 23rd getting so and pumped Garland. About that. We're, we're 23rd and Franklin.
0: What's uh No, you're talking about the 63rd and Wallace. Yeah. You Let's open that one. That's now. a good one. Okay. Well, oh, hold on one second. And yeah, okay. besides on, that, on that, Chad, real quick. Do you have a favorite skill One you just can't live it out?
2: So I I, I might be a little biased to say that I like my own skill. I've been, I've been developing, it's nothing fancy. All Uh that I did was I, um, so like, I'm sort of like a geopolitics junkie. So like I often read it slash R slash geopolitics. And, you know, I I just find it so relevant to just stay up to date. And, you know, also potentially it can be useful when you're, um, you know, uh, doing some trading in the markets. So I just, pull an RSS feed from like the top ranked posts from the day on r slash geopolitics. And I have it play out through my Alexa speaker. Um, and you know, as I was thinking about building it, I was just like, man, you know, like you can really make skills that are really useful as long as they just pull the data that you want. Um, so yeah. I'm a little, it's a little biased. I haven't, well, I can it.
1: second you on that. Uh, I, uh, wanted to know whether or not we would have flooding in our river here. And so I was able to get the NOAA uh, stream IDs for the sensor. Then it can tell me exactly how many cubic feet per second are going today. And then how many cubic feet per second were this day last year when they're like 500 gallons different (laughs) then the other thing is before that, uh, of course, the snow is up on Galena and it's going to melt. Well, the, they predict floods with seven sensors. And the two primary ones would be Galena and Galena Summit. One's three thousand meters above the other. But I was able to make a skill that just goes pings that gets that sorts that serializes that JSON document and reads it out loud. And I like that idea of doing one thing very well. Yeah. I like when and you make
0: a skill, do <clears throat> one thing perfectly. That's that's a good way to start. That's exactly right. So in and, and- and I think this is going to be a great segue. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna segue right into it. Um, here is a good skill. If you're looking for something that does something does one thing extraordinarily well, the skill is called Can I Stream? Have you guys ever heard of this? No? Okay. You ever sitting around your house and you're like, Huh? I wonder if I could stream that movie. Well, this skill helps you find out. This skill yeah. ties. Yeah, this skill tries to determine if your favorite TV show or movie you're asking about is able to be screen, uh, streamed in s- streaming services like Amazon, Netflix, and Hulu. AJ, take it away.
1: Okay. Okay, so I'm going to ask her, uh, let's ask some esoteric questions. Alexa, can I stream Killer Clowns from Outer Space?
0: Well, you got you to gotta open it up. Killer Clowns
3: from Outer Space can be streamed on Netflix.
1: Digital. The other did one is still o- playing Escape from Wallace.
0: No, so this wait, is are, Escape
1: from 63rd and
0: Wallace. Luncheon, no, that's not it. That's the uh, that private radio detective.
1: Alexa, stop. It. Alexa, exit.
0: No. it's can I stream? Oh, okay, it is right. can I stream? So did they did they use the can fulfill intent?
1: No, I enabled it when I had the mic off, so what, oh, okay, uh, yeah. So okay. Uh, what, let's just ask a weird one, uh, what, what, think of a weird uh, movie. I'll
0: ask. Mm, Gattaca.
1: Alexa, can I stream Gattaca?
0: I can barely hear you, AJ. Okay.
3: To watch Gattaca, see your purchase options on the Amazon website. So that's
1: directly oh, no. through her. So Alexa, open Can I stream. Alexa, open Can I stream.
3: Welcome to Can I stream that. Please state the show you want information on, like House of Cards. Gattaca. Gattaca can be streamed on Amazon, Stars, DirecTV. So this is a case
1: where you want to use the Alexa, ask, can I stream? Can I stream Gattaca? Yep. Yeah. So you want to activate it that way. Alexa, ask, can I stream for The Shining?
3: The Shining can be streamed on POMAX, TV.
1: There you yeah, go. so you use the invocation name, and then you don't even have to uh, duplicate it. You could just say, uh, ask, can I stream,
0: and then say the name of the thing.
1: I, now, see, I
2: feel... Go for it, Nick.
0: Well, I, these are the kind of things that I that I like about the Skill Store. And then we'll get into something that it totally chaps my, my butt about the Skill Store. Go ahead, Chad.
2: Yeah I, yeah I was just gonna say like in theory that invocation term makes sense but just hearing it where you're, you're literally saying can I stream can I stream? yeah twice almost it seems like maybe they could have thought of a, a different invocation term.
3: Um, well, I think
0: what I think what they want you to do is they want you to go all in right yeah, So if you true. say if you say launch can I stream and back to the future then that makes sense right well the
1: invocation name is supposed to follow with an intent and so that if you have movie name intent then you can say it's supposed to use its conversational ai to to put together the the rest of the english but you're supposed to say ask the invocation name for the thing the thing is the 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 utterance becomes then it interprets which intent that utterance was with so it does work but the way i was stating it is open can i stream and then ask so okay but you can actually simplify it and then the other thing that they did was the well remember when i well i have ocean waves as my skill so now if i say open ocean waves on somebody else's system she doesn't open ocean waves she opens some other skill with a different name that plays ocean waves so the ai just they originally said you know get the names that you want but now it doesn't even work you know so, my invocation name doesn't work
2: so i'm also curious because i know a lot of tvs have alexa embedded into it that's right i know there's additional functionality if you have an alexa tv and you use this skill because that would be really handy right well i, think I learned the only that thing if is... you
1: want to do that you actually have to submit a corpus so if you want to well like for us when we do a fire tv skill and you want to be able to verbally activate it you have to have a you have to give them a, a corpus of all of the titles and episode numbers and then they will automatically insert that in so that it, they can be activated by voice which is different than the regular Alexa skills huh. so it's extra work but i can tell you this i have the bose hp seven thousands something like that and their uh, wake word generator gets activated if i tear uh if i tear aluminum foil Weird. So, <laughs> she thinks i'm saying her wake word <laughs> that's weird it's hilarious What's well, it's actually uh parchment paper when i tear parchment paper it goes
0: bleak, bleak, and thinks that it heard alexa so overall um what i i i like it uh i like can i stream i think my biggest issue um with the skill store in general i mean i like seeing all the ratings and all that stuff but um one of the biggest things that I have with it, if I go back here to this skill right here, Ankinator, An- Ankinator, I don't even know how you say this, I but it's got 21,000 reviews, right? And if you look down here, look at all of this 2018 used to be good, used to be good, used to be good, um, much better before, blah 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 blah, blah. not very intuitive. There, there's this problem where that the skills, some of them got like a huge head start, right? They've got all these reviews, they've got all these downloads, they've got all this positive stuff, but really, this skill has not left the main uh, page of the skill store. But as you can see, like there's a lot of one-star reviews here, and. I don't know if that's an algorithmic problem. I don't know if these are like a lot of these seem to be very old. They're from 2018, but they're like the most recent written reviews. Right. So maybe I'll filter these to most recent. and We'll see. Okay. So, okay. There's some, most of them are five star so maybe that was, maybe that was my, my bad. They probably should just have these filtered from most recent instead of, yeah. instead of top reviews. I think that's probably something that they should probably do. Let's see what you get if you buy all theme packs.
2: So I, I was sitting here and just like thinking to myself about a hypothetical like sales strategy. I'm not mm-hmm. saying anyone should do this, but if someone scraped the reviews for every single skill... And then essentially used some sort of NLP model on top of it to try and identify like what was the top issue with each of the skills and then yeah. have someone reach out to the company and say, Ooh. Hey, we can provide you consulting and help you make your skill better. Yeah. Oh,
0: that
2: that's amazing.
0: I like, that's
1: that's I like your Very style. That's brilliant, Chad.
0: I like your style. So, um, what, uh, I know your, your favorite skills, your skill, but what skill do you – do you ever find yourself going to any particular games? Is there any games that you like to play? Is there anything that you like to just check in on? Maybe see if something's changed? Anything like that?
2: You know, sadly, I, I have not really been exploring the store as of late. Um, I actually don't have my Alexa connected anymore. So oh, I What happened? It, uh, I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I felt – I guess, like, the utility, at least for me, wasn't completely there. Um, mm-hmm. But perhaps I need to, you know, take another look and plug that back in. Um, I, I have another Alexa uh, device downstairs that I literally use every day for flash briefings. Um, but, oh, um, what's
0: your favorite flash?
2: So so I just traditionally listen to, like, ABC News, the AP. Um, Reuters is really good. BBC. Yeah. Um there was actually, man, there was actually like quite a few really cool BBC skills that, Mm -hmm. you know, when I had talked to one of the former directors over at BBC, he was telling me, yeah, we have these really cool skills that are deployed, but, you know, you can only access them in the UK. I was like, man, um, that's too bad, you know, so I, I sort of wish I had the chance to take a look at some of those sort of more innovative skills they have launched
1: you know what several years ago the the developer might just need an email that that just literally activates the availability in the united states good because there is a possibility that if they they they, if it's not a legal issue then they could have just accidentally specified um only that one area and they could just change that if it's not a legal issue and they had the authority to do that they could Well, you could solve your own problem there. (laughs) I would a campaign tweet them.
0: Or or if they uh, opt in for that localization, you know, that new thing that they got, that they rolled out. Um, So Chad, here's one of the skills that I think you should enable and make part of your daily flash briefing. And it is happy headlines. So this is a guy that we had on our show. He works in conjunction with Volley. And, uh, essentially he brings you good, um, good stories every single day from, you know, a grandmother making a million quilts for homeless people to, you know, uh, some woman who's baking bread for, uh, her neighbors. It's a whole bunch of things like that. And, um, do you use the, uh, 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 Alexa
1: cool. in the, in the restroom? Like, uh, do you use it? in the while you're showering
0: Uh,
1: i
2: i don't but that sounds like a genius idea and i'm definitely gonna check this skill out and you know from what you tell me i think it it deserves a couple more uh five stars on here we're gonna have to we're gonna have to bump these numbers up these are rookie rookie numbers right Let's uh, yeah you gotta do it and Chad, I I'd be interested yeah. to
0: know
1: if you are sensitive to the changes. So each day or week, I, there are some subtle modifications to the way that she pronounces certain words and things like that. And they don't really, you don't get really a notice that it's done. So for somebody like me that's paying attention, it's a little disorienting. Usually it's not bad, but just the fact that the the, the voice is changing uh, f- from time to time. I'd like to get your comment on that if you, you know, as somebody that advises You know, companies on their their interface that this idea of just changing things like a pitch or enunciation would that throw people off? Make them more or less confident um, for trusting a voice interface? Stuff like that. I'd love to hear over time if you experiment with it.
2: Yeah, that's a great point. So I can't speak to voice specifically, but I can speak to just building. Chatbot interfaces, and you know, I think right. the the principle is very similar, right? And, and that's why we spend quite a bit of time building the bot persona and the personality and how it communicates and what type of language that it uses, um, because you know that that's a very significant way to build that user trust, right? If if you okay. if you have a lot of you know uh, different ways that you're saying things, it, it doesn't seem like that uh, persona the bot persona is very well defined and then what you want to try to avoid is avoiding having users trying to ascribe their own idea of what the persona is because they may you know assume things about the persona that are not actually true so so i think consistency is really important you know and of course extending that to to voice it sounds like as well so if you
1: had a uh, certain person that you knew that had the opportunity to pitch building a chat bot but with a voice front end for some hospital or hotel chains and there was a lot of leeway what how would that person go around go about talking to you about something like that
2: as far as like leveraging uh voice assistant in hotels or
1: uh, as, as far yeah. as uh your with the work that you've done, let's say, doing that for employees, but with voice in terms of an entire like integration for Alexa for hospitality?
2: Yeah. um, So like, we haven't specifically worked. so is Alexa for hospitality? Is that like a is that like a product offering they have that's specific yeah. to Amazon? Okay. Yeah, yeah it's, it's something uh, that
1: allows you to do um, centralized application, um, you know, activation, the device registration, but it it is completely private. You know, you have private and public skills that you are able to create, and then the idea is the best way that it's been projected forward is that you have a chatbot that with the Alexa front end that is solving some of the problems to reduce the workload on calling concierge desk and the customer service desk. So it sounds to me like the work that you do would work both ways. So in the same way that you're building something that makes it simpler for the concierge and the help desk to solve problems with voice, or maybe they call up a phone line and they get the chat bot voice, it could be, it would be, it would be like one, it could seems like it'd be imagined as one coherent project. Um, and I have the opportunity to present to two large chains, and I'm, you know, working to build my team up. And uh, that's kind of my question. I was yeah. the person. So, I so was that's the a great.
2: Yeah, no, that's a great question because um, so we, we're actually working on a parallel project with a uh, medical device manufacturer. So not necessarily facing um, people going to hotels, but people that are in hospitals, right? And and we're thinking right. along the same lines of what are ways that we can sort of support patients um, and help them out without having to, you know, put that extra bandwidth constraint on nurses, right? Yeah. And, and I think it's very much in that sort of same ex- mentality.
1: Yes, absolutely.
2: What I what I will say, you know, so, so typically when we work with customers, we don't start with trying to brainstorm, you know, a solution. Um, we actually start much further back and we actually have, you know, some discovery sessions uh, around our assessment methodology, right? So Mm -hmm. essentially what we do is we do, you know, some stakeholder process mapping and just identify who are all the people in your organization or in the specific, you know, sort of scope and what do they care about? What are their goals? How are they connected to each other? Right. Mm -hmm. And we begin to sort of draw connections between, interacting stakeholders, whether they are internal to an organization or external to an organization. And then what we do is we start to have people, you know, begin to put use cases on these different stakeholders, because you know, what we're trying to extract is the lived experience of the subject matter experts, you know, that we're coming into their company, but they know their company the best, right? So then they always sort of light up and say, Oh, yeah, there's a really good, you know, opportunity here, or this thing's really slow here, or or, this is really time consuming here. And then what we do is we take those ideas. And then we have a framework for prioritizing um, the most aligned conversational use case, right? Because You know, even if you prioritize a really important use case, so what we optimize for is high value, low complexity, right? For any AI deployment, that's where you want to start, right? You don't want to try to build the most complex model. Um, Initially, you want to figure out something really simple that creates a lot of value. But even at that point, you might come to the conclusion that this use case is really important, but a conversational interface is not going to be the best fit. So, you know, essentially, we also have frameworks for evaluating, okay, we all agree this, these two use cases are really important, create a lot of value, low complexity. But let's now compare that and put that on top of our evaluation framework for conversational experiences, right? Mm -hmm. Do people Mm -hmm. already have these conversations, right? Does the current alternative require you know, them going through all of these different steps or going through different browsers and is really time consuming. And we go down this list of things. And if they mm-hmm. and if they sort of fulfill the criteria, now we can sort of talk about, okay, let's now start to do a deep dive into the people, processes, technology that is sort of the, the status quo, right? So without yep. conversational AI, how does that work today, right? Um, so that would sort of be the approach I would recommend as you sort of talk to these different organizations and sort of say, Hey, you know, let's step back. Let's not even talk about voice. Let's not talk about bots or AI or robotic process automation. We just want to help you first and foremost prioritize what is going to be of highest value for you. And for us, you know, as the consultants not to come in and project that and make assumptions, right? We just want to best sort of massage that information out of them.
1: Wow. That's like a that 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 reminds me of uh, you know like when you go to like a twelve course meal it's that it's not rushed it's you're getting it in you're starting far back you're retreat yeah it, it that is very interesting I have a lot to say about that that long swing kind of the building the momentum with a lot of framework because the process of getting that information having those questions answered before you even get to the point of what a solution looks like has the kind of, all I can say is it's like, you know, when you watch the Olympics and you watch someone do the high dive and sometimes you can see at that one of their steps or they blink that they're going to fall. Is it like the success or failure sometimes starts way back in the way that you angle your approach? And that sounds like a very uh, amazing approach. What would you call that if an individual wanted to learn how to kind of describe uh that is that part of the degree that you had because i would say that's something i'm not sure i have if i had a client that's interested and they want to see well what can we make and then let's see a demonstration then let's see what it costs that's not a great way to do business what but it is it is you know because i don't have that kind of like business training is there a term for what you were describing that business need analysis uh is there a skill set
2: we sort of sum it up as just sort of a assessment, but a lot of the methodology that we sort of created um, very much has been influenced from sort of traditional management consulting practices. Um, gotcha. You know, so, so I would you know generally say that it's sort of um, you know problem identification and prioritization assessment um, because what I what I found right you know as as we've you know delivered solutions for small companies, very large companies, is that, you know, a lot of time as a service provider, you're sometimes put in these situations where you are spending a lot of time to figure out the problem yeah. before you even get to send a proposal. Right. And that could be weeks sometimes for very large projects mm-hmm. that could be months. Yep. And, you know, your time is valuable. So you want to make sure that you are getting paid for this problem identification. Right. So so essentially we charge upfront for that assessment. And we, they get a sort of deliverable at the end, which is a, a PDF presentation of that entire journey, that entire process, and a set of recommendations and you know, high-level solution architecture that, hey, if they decide to go with us, perfect. Now we're, we definitely know the scope. We know exactly what to charge for. We have a very good estimate on how long that sort of implementation will take. Um, and similarly, you know, Hey, if, if they want to sort of take their time and maybe shop around now, they are very informed with how to now articulate that to perhaps a different vendor. So um, that's brilliant. We that's congratulations.
1: That's fantastic. Yeah, that's fantastic.
0: That, yes. So we're coming up on an hour. Uh, it seems that AJ got his final question in. Uh, I'm just gonna shift gears here a little bit and bring up your website, uh, chat mode, chat mode. .io. And, and .io, Yep, Chatmo.io and this is actually really, really cool. Um, I think this is awesome. It seems like okay. uh, you guys are doing a lot of stuff here, and you are working. It looks primarily with Microsoft Teams.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, it, it's it's been um, it's been a journey to sort of. Figure out the Microsoft partner ecosystem, and you know I think anytime you, you know, become a, a channel partner of a, yeah. a larger organization, there's always a pretty steep learning curve. But yeah. you know I, mm-hmm. I'm excited to say that you know I think we, we're definitely over that hump, and uh, we have some really great relationships and, and partnerships with uh, some of the Microsoft folks. Um, super smart, you know, really really cool stuff that uh, they have in the pipeline.
1: Well, that's a plus to Microsoft. So, congratulations to Microsoft for being uh, having that team in place and those folks out there and uh, making fertile soil for innovators.
0: Good on them too. So, Chad, I, I I have one last question for you. It's kind of hard hitting. I, I ask it of yeah. of every guest we have on here. You know, I and mean, this is going to get to the soul to the to the uh, meat and potatoes of the situation. Have you subscribed to Voice Spark on YouTube?
2: I have not, but I, I do follow you on Twitter and on LinkedIn, but I will, what? I will subscribe. I will. Subscribe yeah. What next. do
0: we, what do we got to do to make <laughs> that happen? No, he will. He will. <laughs> <laughs> every He's the show, first person that didn't show. say,
1: sure, I will. He's like, yeah, yeah he but I, like eh, I got you, you know over what? here will, and
0: over man. here. So, <laughs> oh man. Well, if you guys want to hook up with Chad, Chad is available on Twitter. This is his Twitter profile. Yes. His handle is at Chad underscore Oda and conversational AI consultant, uh, occasional bellwether. Yeah. And before and we go,
1: Chad, where, what, what's coming up new? Do you have any
0: uh, talks? Or are you going to be going yeah, to? Yeah. Where are you going to be at? Are Voice? you going to come to Project Voice and
2: hang out with me? Oh, that's right. So only if you give me one of those trophies. Now I'm just kidding. Um, Yeah, let me let me let me look into that. Maybe. I was just joking. I was just joking. I I think the trophies are super cool though. Like the coolest ones that I've seen, you know, uh, of any conference. So. Are you you talking about the sparkies? Yeah, yeah, the sparkies. Oh. Well, you know what? You You know what?
0: Let me let me go off on a little tangent here. I was really, I was really, really disappointed in the fact that. You know, I kind of get out there. I kind of get ahead of it and promote the show. Right. And I do a lot just to kind of just to, you know, try to move it forward. Problem is I told people like, hey, if you want us to review your skill live, we'll do it. We'll, we'll like go through the process. Not one person was like, hey man, I just published this skill and it's like, are they afraid or are they ignoring me? It's either one of the two. It's like, they're shy. It's, yeah. it's just shyness.
2: I, I, yeah, I think people are afraid because, uh, you know, the thing I noticed about people in our space when it comes to deploying solutions, it's mm-hmm. like our standards are very high. So we're going to mm-hmm. find any little piece of <laughs> criticism and say like, yeah, your skill's broken right here or, or, yeah, I use your bot and I broke it. But, you know, it's like people like us, we sort of enjoy sort of seeing where the skills break, where the bots break, because, yep. you know, like we're just so like in tune with with already having a good idea like okay we we know how the technology works so i i feel yeah. like certain people so may we think,
1: would have to yeah. soften it up and say hey this is for on a first time review what we're gonna do is we're gonna we're gonna talk about extol all the good virtues we're gonna extol all the the good work that went into it all the creativity all the uniqueness and you know not focus on improvements because that's how i feel too sometimes in the beginning encouragement is many times more significant than criticism. I think that, I mean, I wasn't going to turn really... into
0: Gordon Ramsay or anything and start throwing stuff and dropping <laughs> Fair f-bombs. Point. Fair you point. Know? I think
1: people would like that too, when they're very proud of their skill and they put a lot of work in it, there'd be a few people that would be like, come on, iron chef challenge,
3: hack yeah. my skill
1: apart, break my so, skill. So Let's see. So it, it could be just a themed event.
2: Because I, I had a stream and um, there's a really cool guy that made a, a legal bot for immigration. And he's actually a lawyer, Ooh. Jared, Jared Jascott. Um, and he was super cool because he was like, hey, I want you to test my my uh, yep. my WhatsApp bot on stream. And I was like, ooh, man, yeah. like I've never, so like all my time in this space, I've literally never heard anyone other than Jared willingly say, I want you to test this on stream. So yeah, I'm yeah like, he's I
1: adventurous. People...
2: Right, so if I haven't seen many people volunteer their bots, I'm yeah. not super, I don't think people are ignoring you, Nick. That's my
0: yeah. point. Yeah, yeah. Well, I got news for him. I'm going to find them on that on that skill store. This is just the beginning. There will be more skill, skill, skills episodes to come. But yes. what I'm going to try to do is I'm going to try to rope a theme around it, like a, a parody theme. So this was skill, skill, skills. What it was supposed to be was a, a take on Motley Crue's Girls, Girls, Girls. Right? So what I'm going to end up doing is like next month, maybe it's in like U2's With or Without Skills you know so and then when you like I
1: will I like always it. skills you
0: yeah I will always have skills with you um <laughs> yeah <laughs> November
1: <laughs> um, skills by Prince or no uh, um that was um that was, that was uh
0: Guns N Roses
1: that was Guns N Roses What? that was guns has got ro- a skill Man. yeah and Janie's got us, yeah, <laughs> that's bad. So, but we didn't let skills him skills in an elevator. <laughs> we have skills in an elevator. Uh, Chad, where what's uh, what's next for you? Where can folks uh, see yeah. you? Uh, what is it? Twitter? Are you doing Clubhouse? What's uh, what's the way to connect with Chad Oda and friends? Yeah,
2: I'm I'm really digging Clubhouse right now, and, and we all talked about it uh, on the last time we had a chance to sync up. Um, so yeah. I'm actually doing a Clubhouse show on. This Saturday, 1 p.m. PST, we're talking about the future of conversational AI and, and here's the kicker, digital humans. And we have the VP of product from Soul Machines. So those cool guys and gals that essentially have like a a virtual human face that you can talk to, or when you use the bot, they respond out of it. So it's some pretty cool stuff. And I think, and I believe it's a really famous movie producer that had invested into soul machines i don't remember who that was but you got to imagine they really have a lot of movie magic and cgi michael bay
1: oh
0: yes
2: it
0: was michael bay
1: no it
2: wasn't michael bay uh, so so, okay like if 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 they had like a lot of explosions then i would say michael bay but um yeah um that is fantastic great first guest yeah yeah Um, you're all welcome to join we always have really fun conversations on clubhouse and uh, if you don't have an invite you know uh, send me a ping i I think i have like five or six invites so let me know all right cool well i just
1: have to get an iphone now because i'm still android i
2: convinced i convinced one person and this person literally bought an iPhone and opened up another, uh, a phone line on their plan just to get clubhouse. So I, I've, I've influenced one person so far. It, I
0: see. It's a shame. I mean, I, like there's like the haves and the have nots, you know what I mean? And, you know, taught me and Ben. I mean, we always were like, Hey man, we were on clubhouse the other day. And then AJ's like, I don't know what it's like guys. And I'm like one day, man, one day you're going to reach day. that level. But um, Ben
1: sending me an iPad so that I can join on, uh, I cannot
0: uh, join on it. well actually So he can send us blue messages <laughs> <laughs> So okay So we're uh, at the uh, one hour Ten minute mark Chad if You can hang out Backstage me and AJ going to go Ahead and end the show real quick And uh, we will be With you momentarily cool. Thank you Chad good.
2: Thank you
1: He's All a right. heck of a guy He's cool. a, he's really a cool. heck of a guy
0: i tell you. I okay. Spent,
1: yeah. I spent some time with him talking to him, getting to know him. He is a heck of a
0: guy that, oh, that brain, that friendliness, it just, it's, that's all Chad. So guy. with that being said, that's going to wrap up our show for tonight, but I do want to make a quick reference to wit lingo. Um, what lingo is our sponsor for the month of March as well. Mm-hmm. And check out lingo fest, which is their, um, Monday through Friday, virtual, co- uh, virtual conference that you can find on YouTube at the wit lingo YouTube channel. Yes. AJ, you got anything else? Well, I just want to say
1: Ben will be back. Uh, he ben will perfectly be perfectly fine. And well, I would presume that he might be it's something having to do with consummating the house or along those lines. Uh, but I think he'll, he'll talk about the news um, when he gets back here, but he is fine and well, so we'll see him soon.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll see you later. See you.